Good morning. Welcome the 17th Sunday after Pentecost to Queen Anne Lutheran Church, a place of grace where all are invited to attend and participate. Just a few quick words before we begin our service. Uh, first of all, as always, as a gift to yourself and your neighbor, I invite you at this time, please, to silence your phones. Next, if you wish, we have masks available out in the narthex. You may also commune, as always, from your pews uh, if you're concerned about uh, COVID safety precautions. If you are receiving at the rail, please be sure to use sanitizer. Finally, a quick word about today's message. You're going to hear about a character from Star Wars named Jar Jar Binks. All you need to know if you haven't seen the films is that this is the most annoying character of the Star Wars franchise. I invite you at this time, please, to rise for our gathering hymn. Now thank we all our God, number 840. We begin with the apostolic greeting found on page two of your worship hymnal. 
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, in peace, let us pray to the throughout the world for the unity of all let us pray to the Lord for your people here who have come to give you praise for the strength to live your word let us pray to Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Holy God and ground of all being, you show us everlasting loving kindness. Because we cannot rely on our own abilities, 
Be merciful to us, accept us, and train us to embody the generosity of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Please be seated. After Jonah's short sermon in 3-4, the Ninevites all repented and God decided to spare the city. Jonah objected to this and became even more angry when God ordered a worm to destroy a plant that was providing shade. The book ends with a question that challenges any who are not ready to forgive. You, Jonah, are all worked up about a bush, but shouldn't I be concerned about 120,000 Ninevites? A reading from the book of Jonah. When God saw what the people of Nineveh did, how they turned from their evil ways, God changed his mind about the calamity that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. But this was very displeasing to Jonah, and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord and said, O Lord, is not this what I said while I was still in my own country? That is why I fled to Tarshish at the beginning, for I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and ready to relent from punishing. And now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it is better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? Then Jonah went out of the city and sat down east of the city and made a booth for himself there. He sat under it in the shade, waiting to see what would become of the city. The Lord God appointed a bush and made it come up over Jonah to give shade over his head to save him from his discomfort. So Jonah was very happy about the bush. But when dawn came up the next day, God appointed a worm that attacked the bush so that it withered. When the sun rose, God prepared a sultry east wind, and the sun beat down on the head of Jonah so that he was faint and asked that he might die. He said, is it better for me to die than to live? But God said to Jonah, is it right for you to be angry about the bush? And he said, yes, angry enough to die. Then the Lord said, you are concerned about the bush for which you did not labor and which you did not grow. It came into being in a night and perished in a night. And should I not be concerned about Nineveh, that great city in which there are more than 120,000 persons who do not know their right hand from their left and also many animals? Word of God, word of life.
Paul writes to the Philippians from prison. Though he is uncertain about the outcome of his imprisonment, he is committed to the ministry of the gospel and calls on the Philippians to live lives that reflect and enhance the gospel mission. A reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians. For to me, living is Christ and dying is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which I prefer. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary for you. Since I am convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith, so that I may share abundantly in your boasting in Christ Jesus when I come to you again. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel, and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but of your salvation. And this is God's doing. For he has graciously granted you the privilege not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. Since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. Word of God, word of life. Please rise as you are able for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to the disciples, The kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for the usual daily wage, he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine o'clock, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace, and he said to them, you also go into the vineyard, and I will pay you whatever is right. So they went. When he went out again about noon and about three o'clock, he did the same. And about five o'clock, he went out and found others standing around, and he said to them, why are you standing here idle all day? They said to him, because no one has hired us. He said to them, you also go into the vineyard. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his manager, call the laborers and give them their pay, beginning with the last and then going to the first. When those hired at hired about five o'clock came, each of them received the usual daily wage. Now, when the first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received the usual daily wage. And when they received it, they grumbled against the landowner, saying, these last worked only one hour, 
and you made them equal to us who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for the usual daily wage? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last the same as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or are you envious because I am generous? So the last will be first and the first will be last. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Christ. Please be seated. Grace to you and peace from God, the Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus, who is the Christ. Amen. For today's message, I want you to listen especially closely to what I say. See if you notice anything different or unusual. We'll come back to that at the end. This morning, we delve into the heart of a parable that has puzzled, provoked, and provided insight for generations. Matthew 20, verses 1 through 6, the parable of the workers and the vineyard. Now, before we dive in, I must confess something. As I was reflecting on this parable, I couldn't help but think of how it might play out in the Star Wars universe. Imagine Darth Vader hiring stormtroopers at different times of the day and then paying them all the same. I can hear the early recruits now echoing Darth Vader. This isn't the compensation we're looking for. But as with many things in the galaxy, there is more than meets the eye. Now the story of Jesus is simple. A landowner hires laborers throughout the day from dawn till just about an hour before quitting time. Yet when the day ends, he pays them all the same wage. Those who worked all day, and I tried to emphasize in this, this in the reading, grumble. They feel cheated. They expected more since they bore the day's heat and worked the longest. But here's the twist. The landowner, representing our Heavenly Father, isn't being unfair, he's being generous. The workers hired first agreed to a day's wage, and that's precisely what they received, a day's wage. The landowner's generosity to those hired later doesn't diminish his fairness to the first group, it magnifies his Grace. Now, I know what some of you might be thinking. Pastor Dan, if I were running that vineyard, I'd have a Yelp review full of complaints by the end of the week. And you're right. You would. From a business perspective, it seems a tad unconventional. But God's kingdom doesn't operate according to our sense of corporate or conventional wisdom. 
This parable challenges our human notions of fairness. We often equate fairness with everyone getting exactly what they deserve. But God's grace isn't about what we deserve. It's about what God generously gives. And thank goodness for that. Because if I got what I deserved, I'd probably be stuck in a never-ending loop of watching Jar Jar Binks scenes from Star Wars. And trust me, nobody wants that, especially me. But let's get serious for a moment. This parable isn't just about wages in the vineyard. It's about the vastness of God's grace. Whether you've been a Lutheran Christian your whole life or you've just come to know Jesus Christ, the gift of salvation is the same. It's not a reward for the hours we put in, but a testament to God's boundless love. Now, I remember a time when I tried to bake a cake for the church potluck. I followed the recipe, measuring everything, and after hours of hard work, not under the scorching heat of the sun, but in front of the scorching heat of the oven, I pulled it out of the oven and it collapsed. All of you know about my cooking. My neighbor, on the other hand, whipped up a cake in half the time, and it looked like something out of a gourmet magazine. Was it fair? Not by my standards, but it was a humbling reminder that sometimes the results aren't proportional to the effort. And sometimes, in God's wisdom, that's precisely the point. In our lives, we often compare our blessings, our challenges, our successes, and our failures to those of others, especially on social media. But this parable reminds us that God's love isn't something to be measured or rationed. It's abundant, it's overflowing, and it's available to all, regardless of when they come to the vineyard. So, the next time you feel the pangs of jealousy or the weight of comparison, remember the workers in the vineyard. Remember that God's grace isn't about earning or deserving. It's about receiving with a grateful heart. In conclusion, as we navigate the vineyards of our lives, let's not get caught up in who got what and when. Instead, let's celebrate the generous landowner, our Holy Father in heaven, who gives not based on our merit, but out of his immense love. And just remember, if you ever feel like the worker who came late to the vineyard, at least you didn't have to show up in a galaxy far, far away with Jar Jar Binks as your guide. May God's grace and generosity guide us all. And all God's people said. I'm still standing here. Now, did you notice anything different or unusual about today's message? If you did, what? Was it the language? Was it the structure? Was it the examples? Was it the theology? 
Well, if you did, and I'd love to hear if you did after the service, the reason it sounded different is that I didn't write the sermon. The sermon was produced by AI, by ChatGBT, using the following prompt. You are Pastor Dan Peterson at Queen Anne Lutheran Church, the most amazing little church in the world. I added that. Uh, write a 1,000-word sermon with insights and inspiration drawn from Matthew 21 through 16. Include three moments of humor characteristic of Pastor Dan's work. Bonus points for a Star Wars joke. So how do you feel knowing that the source was not a man, but a machine, a robot, artificial intelligence? Does it change the way you feel about this message? Does it seem somehow off? Should. I mean, you know full well that I'm never going to use an example of baking a cake. I don't know how to do that. Hours of training couldn't help me how to do that. I can't even microwave food properly. And the annual church potluck? That's interesting. So a lot of the examples there. Also, did you notice the language of Holy Father in heaven? I never talk about God that way. Because God, I don't believe, is simply up there. God is in with and under everything. God, as I said in the opening prayer, is the ground of our being. So these differences may have changed the way you feel about the message, knowing now that it wasn't produced by your preacher. If you felt this way, you are not alone. A recent study shows that religious adherents perceive robot preachers and the institutions which employ them as less credible than human preachers. Interesting, huh? Here's what's more interesting. And yet, while participants said they believed human preachers were more credible, it was still a close contest with the robots. On a scale from one to five, with five being the most credible, the robot preachers received an average credibility rating of 3.12 compared with 3.51 for human preachers. That's a razor-thin margin. Does everything hang in the balance of half a percentage point? Is this sermon any less credible because it came from, however, slightly tweaked AI? Or does a human component that comes from a human being give it more credibility? One of the things I heard at the end of the first service was, I knew this wasn't your sermon, Pastor Dan. Why? She said, because I didn't take any notes. She felt that it was superficial and repetitive, and I would agree. But at the same time, there are a couple moments in the sermon that are really meaningful. For example, the, the claim that God isn't being unfair, God is being generous. So maybe AI can give us insight here and there. But maybe if we rely on it for more than that, we find ourselves in a hopeless race against robots. Let's pray. God of grace, you come to us in various ways. Through the preaching of the gospel, through the hymns we sing, through the sacraments of Holy Communion and Baptism, 
and especially through a word of grace from another person. We ask that you help us use AI responsibly as a tool, not as a replacement of the creative work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Keep us mindful accordingly of the promise this new technology brings, as well as the perils along with bad Star Wars jokes. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I would love to hear more about your experience of today's sermon after the service. So please share with me what you, uh, what you felt then. Amen.
Our service continues on page eight of your worship bulletin. Let us now confess the words of our faith in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. For the prayers of the church, we invite you to be seated or kneel, whatever your preference. Remembering the caring and generous works of God, we pray for the church, creation, and the needs of our neighbors. God, who is gracious and merciful, teach your church to invite and welcome all people. Lead us to be grateful for the blessing of community. Challenge us to choose equity and compassion over judgment. Lord, in your mercy. God, who sends the wind and the sun, you know every creature, great and small by name. Help us remember that even the humblest parts of creation are precious to you. Show us how to care for the earth and its creatures. Lord, in your mercy. God, who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, impart your compassion to legislators, judges, members of the military, and law enforcement. Give them courage to serve their communities in times of uncertainty, stress, or exhaustion. Lord, in your mercy. God, who saves, Direct your people who are tempted by evil and self-serving ways. Strengthen those who are incarcerated. Encourage any of us who are in despair or suffering from pain of any kind. Lord, in your mercy. God, who is generous, may we boast about the goodness of Jesus with the confidence of Paul in prison. Inspire us to find abundance in whatever vocation we are called to in the world and in service to our congregation. Lord, in your mercy. For whom or what else do the people of God pray this day? Hear our prayer. God, I ask your blessing upon each person gathered here this morning, that you be with them in their joys as well as in their sorrows. We pray especially for Scott, Lisa Kay's husband, who yesterday had a stroke, that you may be with Lisa and Scott during this extraordinarily difficult time bring healing. We pray for Judy's friend Sally, for Peggy's colleague Kirsten, 
the family of Bill and Janet Bush, for Bill Cavanaugh, for Dotsie, for the family of Dan, for Matt's mother, for Chris and Jackie, for the father of Athena, for Lena and Lena's brother Ivor, for the Ritchie family, for Richard Weeks, for Megan's friend Matthew, for John's friend, for Pat, her sister Donna, and niece Kathleen. We pray for Finley. We pray for Kirsty and gratitude for successful cancer treatment. We pray for Awatosh, Mulugeta, Jean, Jan, Lisa, Carol, Mary, Hildy, Denny, Barb, and Richard. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God, who abounds in grace, we give thanks for the saints who have gone before us and with us await the resurrection to new life. United with them in spirit, hold us firm as we labor in this life and look to the life to come. Lord, in your mercy. Our prayer. Remember us according to your steadfast love as we offer these in the prayers of our heart, trusting your compassion made known through Jesus Christ. Amen. Please rise as you are able. The peace of Christ be with you always. And also with you. Let us share a sign of that peace with one another. rise as you are able for the great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our It is our duty and delight that we should everywhere and always offer thanks and praise to you, O God, through Jesus Christ, who came not to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And so with the church on earth, all creation, and the host of heaven. We praise your name and join their unending In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread, 
and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. In this place of grace, as you know, all are welcome to the table of grace. Again, if you wish to receive at the railing, we invite you to use sanitizer beforehand. If you wish to receive a blessing at the railing, uh, simply fold your arms. In this tradition, we teach that though God in Christ fills all things, God comes to us in a special way where God in Christ has been promised, namely the sacrament of Holy Communion. When you receive this bread, trust that you are accepted and embraced by a gracious and generous God. Come and taste the joy of God. For those receiving in the pew, this is the body of Christ given for you. This is Christ's blood shed for you. You may be seated. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
please rise as you are able for our post-communion prayer. Gracious and generous God, in you we live and move and have our being. With your word and this meal of grace, you have nourished our life together and renewed us for life in the world. Strengthen us to show your love and serve others in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated for our announcements. Good morning once more. Grace and peace to all of you. It's wonderful to see you here. If you are a newcomer, uh, we invite you to uh, fill out a pew card in front of you. We also have cards there for prayer requests. After today's service, you can learn more about one of the most vital expressions of our ministry, and that is our visitation team. The visitation team brings presence, comfort, community, and sometimes the sacrament to those who are homebound in our congregation. If you would like to be part of that important ministry, please join us after the service today in the conference room for more information. Cantor Kyle has an announcement. Good morning. Nice job with the psalm today. We haven't sung a psalm like that in quite a long time, especially with uh, singing the psalm tone responsively with the congregation. So we'll be doing a little more of that for a while. So good job. Uh, there is another pickup choir next week. That's where you can come once or even maybe start coming regularly uh, to choir, but come once next Sunday. We'll meet at 9.30, that's half past nine, 9.30. We'll meet in the choir stalls and uh, we'll learn a little bit of music and we'll offer that music at the 10.30 service that same day. So if you're interested in that, come one, come all. We'll have another pickup choir after the first of the year sometime. Okay, thanks. On a related note, did you hear those flourishes he played during the hymn of the day? Wasn't that amazing? Yes, I, we are so lucky to have Cantor Kyle with us. Uh, a few other uh, quick announcements. First, today we completed the uh, third installment of our foreign forum series on AI and whether AI can replace human mediators of grace, which is why I preached today's sermon. I did so in an effort to get you thinking, and I tried to give you enough heads up at the beginning without spoiling it so that you didn't feel tricked at the end. But rest assured, I will not be using AI from this point forward to write my sermons. Uh, sermons are meaningful to me, uh, and I hope to others, because of the work that, uh, that a preacher invests in the process of uh, putting together a sermon. But uh, I do believe AI uh, can be a resource, and, uh, and in some ways, uh, it was, actually in many ways, it was quite fascinating to employ it for, for preaching. One of the things I didn't mention, which Tim said to me right after, uh, and then uh, one or two others, was that maybe the cooking uh, example wasn't so far off because some of you have tasted the amazing almond milk ice cream that I make. Uh, that's pretty much the only thing I can make. So at the Parsonage, it's almond milk ice cream with cornflakes for breakfast. It's almond milk ice cream with a gluten-free sandwich for lunch. And it's just almond milk ice cream for dinner. 
So, uh, so perhaps the example wasn't as far-fetched, but I would love to hear your feedback after the service, um, and I would love to see you at future forums, which is what I want to say a word about now. Our brand new forum calendar is on the uh, round table in the narthex. It is by far and away, I think, uh, a great example of how gifted Barb is. She put together a beautiful uh, booklet for you. So if you're interested in our forthcoming uh, forums, which include uh, Professor Matt Bellinger, who is with us today of SBU, uh, our next forum on the 15th of October, A Brief History of Christian Socialism. So please join us. You can learn more about that forum and others in the forum catalog on the table in the narthex. On that same table, you can also find an update on the Triangle Project, uh, a display around the table of Core Tanzania, and uh, a summary of the asset mapping exercise we started as a congregation back in the spring. That process has completed its first phase, and this document, which you may have already received by email, uh, summarizes that process and uh, discusses briefly next steps. So, lots happening at the church. It's wonderful that you're here. Are there any other announcements for the good of the congregation? All right, last uh, but certainly not least, I want to thank Susan Evans and Lisa Kerr for continuing the Ridwell um, resource that we have. Today, uh, for example, Susan is collecting medicine bottles and uh, she'll be taking them back to her house. She has a Ridwell container and they'll be recycling those medicine bottles. I collected mine over the last six months and it's like enough plastic to make a, a boat. Um, so it's really a great exercise um, to, uh, to be mindful of what you're recycling. And if you'd like, you are warmly invited to use uh, Ridwell thanks to uh, Susan and Lisa. Please rise now as you are able for the blessing. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and grant you peace. Our sending hymn, Lord, dismiss us with your blessing, is number 545.